the Nightcast. On the edge of real and cyberspace, there's one place you can go. The Nightcast. www.knithtwise.com On the edge of a real and cyberspace, there's one place you can go, and you found it. Welcome to the Nightcast, the one and only podcast that tunes tech into your way of life and lets that technology work for you. My name's Nightwise, and for the coming 60 minutes or so, I'll be your host on KC0053. Yeah, I think it's 53. Wireless syncing to your iPad. For more information and the show notes, please head on over to www.nightwise.com. That's K-N-I-G-H-T-W-I-S-E.com, where you'll find the links to everything that we talk about and a place to plop down your feedback in the comments section. You can get in touch with us via email, feedback at nightwise.com, or you can follow us on Twitter, twitter.com slash nightwise. And um, you can also ask your questions via Twitter. Just use the hashtag Hash Dear Nightwise. Uh, your questions will then automatically be posted on our Facebook page, which can be found on Facebook by just uh, looking for nightwise.com. I will answer them there, and you can also interact with other nightwise.com fans. Uh, if you have not been uh, subscribing to this content, it's the first time that you listen to it, you can subscribe to the content by clicking on the nightwise.com media feed. That feed is in the top right corner on the nightwise.com website. Subscribe to it in your favorite podcatcher and get all of the nightwise.com content delivered to your favorite podcatcher automatically. Hey guys and girls, done with the routine of introing the show and telling you where to get in touch and how to subscribe. It's a weekly or almost weekly uh, ceremony, if we can call it like that, or a routine. But it has to be done because we love uh, our uh, new, our existing Nightwise.com listeners. And we love our new fans because we have new uh, people joining the show every day. And uh, it's nice to point out where they can go and what they can do. And uh, remember, if you're listening to the show and you want to tell your friends, why not tweet about it and uh, give them the link? And that way we can have more Nightwise.com fans and have our family ever growing, which is fun. Ah, hey, hey, it's Friday, quarter past 11. I am uh, on my way from Eindhoven to Brussels uh, using the mobile recording studio once again. And uh, today I just want to uh, give you guys some tips and some pointers on technology that I have been working on recently. Uh, Today's show is going to be about the fact that I have purchased an iPad 2. Yes, shocking drum roll. And uh, how I use technology in a very unconventional way to get content to that iPad 2 while coloring outside Apple's lines. Uh, So it would be interesting to tell you guys about that. It's going to be a little bit of an ad-lib episode. I don't have any show notes in front of me. I am driving. Uh, So why not Uh, join me in my Friday festivity. Lean back, enjoy, and let us tell you about the iPad 2 and how you can get content on iOS devices without having to use a friggin' little cable. Well... As we say, let's get in to the meat of the matter. Welcome to the digital revolution. The 
Okay, now as most of you know, I have owned an iPad for almost a year now. It's uh, been a year since I went to uh, Germany and picked up my uh, iPad 1. And because I was so uh, uh, such a hungry geek that had had his have his toy right away, I chose a 64 gigabyte uh, 3G iPad One, which I've had for almost a year now. Now, in the beginning, I was kind of you know a little bit buzzed about the device, and I thought like, well, this is quite of a expensive device to be buzzed about because I bought the most expensive one, although I didn't really need that. Um, and I thought, you know, when the buzz wears off and the hype wears off, am I still going to use this or am I still going to see this as a kind of handicapped version of uh, my uh, laptop? Well, it turns out a year after that, I uh, noted to Niana, I said, like, you know, this this case that I have, this uh, this uh, nice iPad case is starting to wear, uh, show its wear a little bit after, you know, a year of use. And she said, like, well, that's more than normal because basically you've been carrying that thing around everywhere. And to be honest, when I really started thinking about it, it's true. I am amazed at the fact that I have used that tablet device so much in the last year because um, I thought, you know, I would only use it to sit on a couch and surf a little. But it turns out that I've been using it for much, much, much more. Um, one of the things that I use it for is, of course, surfing, twittering, and, and web-based stuff like that, but also consuming content, watching videos, reading books. I've actually finished my second book on my uh, iPad 1 a little while ago, not on the Sony PRS, but actually on the iPad, but that has something to do with winter uh, and reading inside and, and needing the uh, active lighting of the iPad display. But... Um, you know, all in all, I have done quite a bit on it, and I am really surprised. Reading, I've uh, recently installed some apps that allowed me to take notes. Uh, I have my to-do list on there, and more and more, I'm uh, starting to use uh, the iPad as a replacement for whipping out the laptop uh, when I'm on the couch or running around the house. And I'm also using it to consume uh, a lot of content and also create a lot of content. So when the iPad 2 came out, I said like, well, yeah, the iPad 2 is out and it's not really that exciting. And it isn't really that exciting because if you think of it, um, there isn't that much out there that really, you know, changed at the with the iPad 2. It was a little faster, so it was a little thinner, so, and it had a camera, so um, all in all, it wasn't really worth the purchase. So... Uh, why did I get one? Well, first rule of being a um, being a geek that lives on the pinnacle of new hardware, being an early adopter, is that you never should hold on to your hardware too long because if you do, you'll have a very hard time selling it. So I knew that you know if I wanted to get an iPad, if I wanted to sell my iPad one for a reasonable price, I would have to do so now. Uh, and not wait until the iPad 3 came out because then it wouldn't be worth anything. So I looked around on uh, the pricing and everything uh, that was uh, on the market, you know, how much did iPads cost and stuff like that, and I settled for a reasonable price for my iPad uh, 3G. 
uh, my 64 uh, gigabyte 3G. And that reasonable price was only slightly more than the price of the 32 gigabyte Wi-Fi only iPad 2 that I wanted to have. Now, I know what you guys are going to say. Nightwise, why the downgrade? Well, downgrade, it's not really a downgrade. Um, first of all, I took a good look at how I had, have been using the iPad in uh, the last year. And to be very honest, I think I used the 3G stuff about five times. It was very convenient when I could, but I used it about five times. For the rest, it was all Wi-Fi or hotspotting my Android phone and stuff like that. So I thought, well, 3G, I don't really need that. Then I looked at the volume of uh, content that was on my iPad. And it wasn't half full at all. So I thought, well, that 64 gigabytes, you don't really need that either. Now, do you? Just, you know, not what you need, but what you use. You don't really use that. You don't really use 3G. And you don't really use the 64 gigabytes. So I uh, walked to the, to the store and I took a look at the 32 gigabyte Wi-Fi only and took a, took a look at the price. Then I said, how much money do I want to spend on the upgrade? Deducted that and that was the selling price of my iPad 1. Uh, I have uh, ma managed to sell it quite quickly. Uh, the new owner is very happy with his purchase. It's somebody I work with and she was ecstatic when she got it. So that's nice. Uh, and I have an iPad 2. So I'm briefly going to run through uh, what I think of it hardware-wise. Now, if you're an early adopter and you want the latest stuff, um, yes, go for it. I mean, sell your iPad 1 now before the 3 comes out and get yourself a 2. If you haven't owned an iPad before and you want one now, well, get one. If you haven't owned an iPad 2 and you want an iPad sometimes, wait wait for perhaps the Android tablets that come out or wait for the iPad 3. You never know. But, you know, all in all, I thought like, yeah, right, it's just a newer model, so it's just an upgrade. So I have a more recent model. If I want to sell it again, it gives me a better price, stuff like that. But, you know, after a few days, I did notice some differences. A, it's lighter. Not much, but it is lighter. And when you're carrying it around all day long, it helps if it's a little lighter. So that's nice. Two, it's thinner. Do you really notice that? No, absolutely not. But if afterwards you uh, get your hands on an iPad 1, the iPad 1 feels a little clunky. But, you know, for those three millimeters, it's thinner, but that's about it. It is faster. And that is something I do notice, especially when I'm reading PDFs and stuff like that. So it is faster. That's a good thing. There's a camera. Well, there's a camera. Well, it's not very exciting. But on the other hand, it is convenient. Um, I've managed to use my camera in a situation where, in, where the combination of having the camera and being able to write or, or touch your screen to manipulate that those images is very, very handy to come by so it's kind of nice i use my ipad uh, quite a bit for note taking because basically i have discarded pen and paper for my life i am no longer taking pen and paper with me to work i no longer have a little list with to-do items i just have my ipad my ipad is my digital sidearm it carries around my to-do list it, i have all my notes on there i take all my notes on there uh, privately i sketch out the um the show notes on it 
and professionally at, at my work, I, I use it as my, you know, my notepad. And I really like that. And the addition of having a camera to import visual information into the iPad as well is quite nifty. So all in all, I'm pretty impressed with the upgrade. I didn't think that the small changes that uh, the uh, iPad 2 was offering would be worth it, but they are. Um, I went for the 32 gigabyte Wi-Fi uh, only model, and I must say I haven't even noticed that I don't have 3G. Uh, I hotspot my um, Android phone whenever I need to really get online. And uh, well, if uh, I, I uh, otherwise, I just use the Wi-Fi that's around, and uh, it's it's pretty nice. So I like using it. I am impressed with the device, and I'm pretty happy I did the upgrade, especially because it didn't cost me a lot. If I were to have to buy a complete new one, I wouldn't I wouldn't spend the money on it. But you know, if I could just you know sell my old one and chuck in a little bit of cash and get a new one, well, that's fine by me. Um. But, of course, what is even more important than the iPad and the device is what are you going to do with it. And one of the things that I've been using my device for quite a bit um, was watching movies and stuff like that. Now, you know my epic story when it comes to listening podcasts. I'll give you a little bit of a sketch. I'm on the road quite a bit. Um, and in order to stay, stay sane in the car, I listen to a lot of podcasts. I think I listen about to 30 or 40 or something in a week. And uh, I always like my podcast to be fresh in uh, the sense that I want my podcasts to be uh, the latest episodes. And I don't want to look at a playlist that said like, yeah, listen to that, listen to that, listen to that. I've got nothing to listen to. So I want to be able to have fresh content every day. Now, if you are... If you're looking at this by the book, you should wake up in the morning, launch your PC or your Mac, launch iTunes, download all the podcasts in iTunes, hook up your iPad or your iPod via a little cable, sync over the podcasts, and go to work. I go to work at 6.30 in the morning, presumably, preferably 6.15. That makes uh, the traffic jam a lot shorter. So, you know, going, having to get up 10 or 15 minutes earlier, especially to do this manual task, was something that annoyed me to no end. Second of all, I absolutely detest the fact that I have to use a freaking cable. I know I've ranted about this many, many times, but I still get pissed about it when I talk about it. A device that has 3G and Wi-Fi and is uh, very advanced and still needs to be synced with a little stupid friggin' cable? Come on! Thirdly, I hate iTunes. I absolutely hate iTunes. iTunes has swallowed all my music. It's in there. I'll, be, I'll never be able to get it out. And I, I really hate that. And, and I would hate to have to use iTunes as well for my podcasts and f for, for books and, you know, for just getting stuff on your iPod slash iPad. I don't like it. And I'm somebody who likes to... I, I'm not somebody who likes to automate, uh, who likes to do those things manually. I hate that as well, you know. This is my computer. This is something that automates my day. This should be technology that works for me. Turns out, it, I work for technology. I get up 10 minutes earlier to download podcasts, sync them over, and be out the door. Not cool. 
So, I have come up with a series of hacks and workarounds that allow me to get content on my iPad without having to use a cable and in a fairly automatic way. This is a process I'm going through because quite frankly I've been working on this a little while ago. Some of you who might have caught the latest DocuCast episode might have caught the script that I wrote to download podcasts and put them on my Android phone. That's one. And I've kind of worked along the lines of that script and worked on worked on top of that development to come to the project or to the phase where I am today in wirelessly or and automatically getting fresh content to my iPad in order for me to be able to consume it wherever I want and whenever I want. So that's what we're going to talk today what we're going to talk about today. I'm going to show you my hacks and stuff. I, as I said, it's mid-phase because by the time that this podcast is out or within a few weeks, I'll probably will have found out more things and uh, I'll be share I'll be able to share some more tips with you, but at the point where I am today, it's already pretty cool to be able to uh, do all these kinds of things beyond the uh, specific guidelines that Apple put out there and the stupid freaking white cable. So that's what we're going to talk today. I'm going to talk to you about, um, in essence, about how I automatically download podcasts, how I automatically select the latest podcasts, and uh, which tricks you can use to get podcasts and other content to your devices without having to use iTunes, without having to use a freaking cable, and without having to get up 10 minutes earlier uh, in the morning in order to make everything work. So sit back and relax as I give you a fairly geek-intensive, high-geek-level look at how I do stuff, but perhaps you'll be able to pick some tricks and uh, some tips out of there and uh, we'll be talking about all kinds of applications and uh, those might be very interesting for you guys. And you can uh, find new ways to have technology uh, work for you instead of the other way around. Now, one of the things I do a lot is spend time in the car. I spend quite a bit of time in the car. I am in the car uh, right now and uh, looking by the size of the traffic jam ahead of me, I am going to be here for quite some time. Good thing that we are together here and that we can talk to each other. Well, I can talk to you and you can listen depending on where you are. Perhaps you're in the car as well. Perhaps you're also stuck in traffic. In that case, I'm not alone. But whatever. Um, I spend quite a bit of time in the car and one of the things that has kept me sane in the car over the last few years is without a shadow of a doubt listening to podcasts. I absolutely love listening to user-generated content about topics that I find interesting. And lately, I've been uh, listening to a lot of music and uh, stuff that is out there and uh, kind of completely veered away from mainstream audio, uh, mainstream media, actually, because uh, I think radio is... Radio, daytime radio is punishment to me. So this requires me to have a lot of content to listen to and fresh content to listen to. I mean, uh, refreshing my podcast subscriptions in the beginning of the week and uh, just doing that once a week is not enough for me. So because by the time I am uh, through about, you know, 
the half about Wednesday or Thursday, I've completely depleted my list and I go insane in the car. So one of the things that I really want is fresh content. What I also think is pretty important, to me at least, is uh, the fact that all of this happens automatically. I leave pretty early in the morning and having to wake up uh, early to uh, download fresh podcasts and sync them over to my device with a stupid cable and only then be able to leave is something that I really, really don't like. Um, it's uh, annoying, uh, it's tedious, and it's against my principle of having technology work for me. I think um, I should not work for technology. Technology works for me. And I hate iTunes. I absolutely detest iTunes. iTunes is a big, sluggish, fat mama uh, that just sits on my Mac and hoards and hogs all of the content that I have on there. Yeah, iTunes has already eaten all of my music. Uh, and now when I just, you know, have it, have it, have its merry little way, it will want to eat all of my movies as well. And it will want to eat all of my... Uh, books and apps and stuff like that in order for me to be able to use my uh, iPad or my iPod. And I don't want that, to be quite honest. I really don't. Because, you know, when you have like five songs, three apps and two podcasts, that's great. That's just fine. If you have 15,000 songs, just getting the genius results to Apple is something that takes a lot of time. If you're on the clock and you need to leave for work, every five seconds is very, very long. So I don't want that. So I kind of thought, you know what? I want to have a few requirements regarding my podcatching adventures. Now, for those of you who have listened to KC0052 Storytime, we talked about the scripts that I made. And uh, for those of you who caught the last DokiCast, you will actually uh, be able to look at the script that I designed and uh, my requirements what I wanted is kind of at the basis of all of that and what I'm going to talk to you today is kind of an extension of all of that so we're kind of in the middle so uh, before you start on any project you should you should give yourself some requirements say like this is what I want so what I wanted was automatic uh, what I first wanted was remote subscription management I wanted to be able to manage the podcast that I subscribe to from any computer very important because when you're somewhere and you learn about a great podcast and you're not behind your Mac and you're not behind iTunes and you can't find it in the iTunes store you're yes that's what was you're fracked that's what was uh, that was uh, what I was gonna say so now nah, that's one of the requirements two I wanted my podcasts to be downloaded automatically not get up 10 minutes earlier to press a button to download podcast even though iTunes is set for automatic download every hour is still be able to do that manually having to be able to do that manually having to be kind of required to do that manually not gonna happen three podcasts should be available everywhere yes you can share your iTunes music directory to other computers in the house running iTunes good no, that doesn't work if your computer is not running iTunes. Not good. And by the way, you can only share your music. You cannot share your podcasts. Not good. It's not something that we want. So I kind of got annoyed with that. I thought like, okay, this is one of the requirements that I uh, 
that I think is important. Uh, I don't want to be uh, in a situation where I need to do that. Uh oh, oops. I think I, I think I just no. I thought I just missed an exit, but I didn't. So uh, you know, I wanted to be able to access those um, podcasts on any on any device, you know, from anywhere over the network without having to, you know, really put tedious work into that. I also wanted my podcast to be available on any device, not just on the iTunes, on the, on the Apple devices. I want them, wanted them to be uh, available everywhere so I could get to them from any computer what, that I was using. That was something that was important to me as well. And I didn't want to use a friggin' cable. I wanted to be able to update my podcasts from anywhere. And finally, I didn't want to use the web. No, I wanted to be able to, uh, I mean, a, a, an individual download client on every device that I was using and using the internet all over, uh, using the cloud all over again. Every time I wanted to podcast, update podcasts on a certain device, that was not uh, the plan either. I wanted to download my podcast once and use my local network and some nice nifty tricks to meet the requirements that I just listed. So my quest began. First of all, the first requirement was uh, that I wanted to be able to have um, my podcast downloaded overnight when I was sleeping, not in the morning. I wanted to be uh, something that could be done on, any, on, on a machine that would be running overnight in my house, which is, uh, quite frankly, my Ubuntu server. So that's a good deal. That's a good thing. My uh, Ubuntu server is absolutely great at running overnight. It does all kinds of things. And I thought, like, well, you're running overnight. You're going to be the podcasting or the podcatching computer of, of, uh, of choice with Ubuntu Linux. Next, I wanted to have a podcatcher that would enable me to do a remote subscription management. Gpodder turned out to be quite great. Gpodder uh, is a graphical podcatcher that you can uh, install. It gives you the ability to subscribe and download podcasts using the application or using a web-based service. So just sign up for Gpodder, link your Gpodder installation, your client, to that cloud service, log into the cloud service, and you can see which podcast you subscribe to, which episode you downloaded. You can add subscriptions and remove subscriptions via the website, and then push that updated list to your local client. So that way I could really manage podcasts from anywhere. I liked it. Then I wanted to be able to automatically download my podcasts. So presumably, preferably, 5 o'clock in the morning. Now Gpodder does have the ability to uh, download podcasts every so-and-so seconds. So I thought like, yeah, every 600 seconds or, you know, I just want you to do it uh, in the morning. Once. Once a day in the morning. I'm not home for the rest of the day. Just once will do fine. Uh, so I thought I will take 24 hours, divide that by 60 minutes, uh, or multiply that by 60 minutes, and multiply that by 60 seconds, and that's the amount of seconds that I need to enter into the interval rate. But then I thought, if this is a 24-hour cycle, and I wanted to do it at 4 o'clock at night, I have to enter the 24-hour value 
4 o'clock at night. So that was not really good. But there's a good thing. G Potter has command line commands which allow you to do that. So using uh, GPO update and GPO download, which are two command line commands that you can script and scripts you can schedule, I was able to tell G Potter to update the subscriptions and download them every 24 hours. So those were the requirements, cloud-based subscription management, that was checked. Availability to run the application overnight, was I'm on a Linux system, that was checked. And uh, of course, available uh, scheduling and, and scheduled download and updates of podcasts once a day, checked. On to the next requirement. I wanted to be able to uh, have the podcast accessible throughout my network. That was easy. I told Gparter to download all the podcasts in a certain folder and shared that folder via Samba. So just, you know, by browsing network shares, I could click my way through the folder where Gparter would be downloading all of the files in automatically. And I could just share that out via Samba and play the podcast via uh, the media player of the computer that I was using. Every computer in my house has Samba, so that's good. And uh, for the boxy boxes that were out there, that was also great. I just point, pointed the boxy boxes toward that shared folder, and I said, Dear boxy box, here's some audio and some video content. So using boxy, I could also play back the content that was in there. I also wanted the application to automatically delete content. Uh, which was also an important thing. I mean, I didn't want it to store up endless amounts of podcasts and fill up my hard drive. I wanted to uh, say to the application, you know, every, every so, many, so and so days, delete the old podcast. In my case, 14 days. So after 14 days, it did exactly as it was supposed to do. It would um, erase. Uh, Gpotter has a setting in the settings menu that says, Podcasts were older than 14 days, you will erase them automatically. That also worked fine. That worked great. That was fantastic. Uh, really, really good. So it was all kind of coming together. Now, when I took a look at the podcasting directory, I kind of saw one thing that I didn't like, that there were, of some episodes, there were several episodes, uh, of some podcasts, there were several episodes that were older than... Um, that were not older than two weeks. So if I set the auto-delete function to two weeks, I would have several episodes of a certain podcast. But that wasn't a problem either, because I thought if I can write a script that automatically selects them and gives me the latest episode of every podcast I subscribe to, well, that would be just darn awesome. So, those were the requirements that I had set out to use. And those were the things I had uh, planned uh, for my little script to use. And I started looking around. Now, if you guys have listened to KC0052 or you've read the script, you know that I've had a lot of help from uh, the Linux community, from the Ubuntu forums and the Ubuntu UK channel, in putting this script together. Basically, without going into too technical terms, what the script does is it takes a look at the directory of my podcasts and the subdirectory of every individual podcast and takes the file that was added the last and copies it over to another directory. So what it basically does is 
It does a listing of all of the uh, files in all of the subfolder and takes the newest file in each subfolder and copies it over to a new directory, basically taking the last episode that was downloaded. Now, I did this by using um, some variables, and I'm not going to get into the technical details, but what I did tell the script was erase the destination directory so it's empty, take the last episode of every podcast and copy it over. So that was great. Now I still needed to, only thing I still needed to do was choose a destination directory, so where I want that to go, and I thought, you know what, I'll be smart. I'll hook up my um, Android phone, which has an 8 gigabyte SD card, and make sure it's mounted as a, rem as a removable drive into the same directory every time. And that worked great. So every time at night, I would plug in my uh, Android phone, it would mount the SD card, and the script would take the last episode and copy it over to the SD card. So every morning, when I uh, took my phone, ejected the charger, and I pulled out the charging cable, I would have my fresh content on my SD card, which was great, and that worked for me very, very well. Pretty cool stuff, actually, if you think about it. So I really liked uh, playing around with that. That was that was cool. Now it's still a friggin' cable. I know it's still a friggin' cable. Now I, man, I I said like you know I'll let that one slide because I have to, you know, uh, plug in the phone anyway for it to charge. I can I might as well plug in the charging cable to a USB slot on my server, and mount the SD card and copy over the files like that. So, in essence, that worked. The script had the GPO update and GPO download commands in there. So when it ran in the morning, I had, I had uh, added the script to my cron job to, uh, to run at 5 o'clock in the morning. It would check for new episodes, download the episodes, and copy the latest episode of every podcast to my Android phone. And that worked just fine. But then I thought, well, that's nice. I mean, I've got this Android phone, and it has all of my latest podcasts, and that works great, and that is nice. But actually, I also have this really nice iPod, and I have this really nice iPad with lots of contents on it, with lots of content on it, and I wish I could use that as well. How am I going to get those things on there without using stuff like iTunes? Well, how I did that is something that we'll talk about in the next chapter. Code monkey, get up, get coffee. Code monkey, go to job. Code monkey, have boring meeting with boring manager Rob. Rob say code monkey, very diligent, but his output stink. His code not functional or elegant. What do code monkey think? Code monkey think maybe manager wanna write goddamn login page himself. Code monkey not. Very simple man With big warm fuzzy secret heart Code monkey like you Code monkey like you
the soda cause soda make you fat Anyway you busy with the telephone No time for chat Could monkey have long walk back to cubicle He sit down pretend to work Could monkey not thinking so straight Could monkey not feeling so great Could monkey like Fritos Could monkey like Tab and Mountain Dew Could monkey very simple man Big warm fuzzy secret heart Monkey thinks someday he have everything, even pretty girl like you. Code monkey just waiting for now. Code monkey says someday, somehow. Code monkey like Fritos. Code monkey like Tab and Mountain Dew. Code monkey very simple man. Big warm fuzzy secret heart. Code monkey like you. Like you. The Nightcast, we choose technology in your way of life. Now, in the previous part, I talked about how I managed to. Uh, find and install a uh, podcaster or podcatching client that did what I wanted it to do and that I had somehow cobbled a script together that would have selected that selected all of my recent podcast episodes and put them on my phone now cool nice but the iPad and the iPod were the big challenge Android devices are open I mean you can just you know do just about anything with them if you really want to they have their storage devices um, accessible as mass storage devices. You can just drag and drop files on there. You can do all kinds of fancy copy script like the ones that I just uh, talked about. And that's great, but with the iPod and the iPad, not so much. Now, there are solutions out there for getting podcasts on your iPod and on your iPad. Uh, one of the... Um, applications that uh, comes to mind on the iPad is for example the iTunes client on the iPad which allows you to browse the iTunes store and download individual podcasts or stream them that is a functionality that is available uh, second of all you have of course the uh, applications that are allowed by Apple to uh, duplicate that functionality like for example iWatch if I'm not mistaken uh, or iCast, let me check, I'll put it in the show notes. At least uh, those are applications that kind of do the podcatching for you. 
they you uh, have the ability to subscribe to podcasts via their RSS feeds and download individual episodes. However, I haven't come across an application that um, does all of that automatically. They generally uh, give you the option to download individual episodes on a episode-by-episode basis. So, yeah, nice, but not really. I mean, uh, it, it didn't really fit the bill uh, of the requirements that I wanted because I still had to do it manually. It still had to be done uh, on the device. Either I still had to download the uh, podcast again to this device, and that's something I didn't really want. Unfortunately, iOS devices don't offer up their storage area as if it were a mass storage device. They don't uh, come over here and they say, hey, Mr. Nightwise, here we are. Just, you know, drag and drop your content onto us. That's not a problem. Um, you can have drag and drop functionality. There are uh, players like, for example, VLC uh, for the iPad or Buzz Player, which is, by the way, a very good replacement for, for, for VLC because it's not available in the iTunes store anymore. Um, I mean, there are apps out there that let you drag the files into the application uh, dialog box in iTunes, but, you know, then again, that's iTunes, and we don't want that. We want those devices to be completely independent. So, how, do we, where are, we, how are we going to solve that? Well, the answer came, and you're going to smile, when I was uh, listening to, uh, you're going to smile when I say this, when I was listening to the one of the latest episodes of um, Mac Power Users podcast with Katie Floyd, um, they were talking about Goodreader. Goodreader is an app. It's about five euros or something or five dollars that lets you uh, read all kinds of documents. Now I had downloaded Goodreader in the beginning because there was all kinds of buzz around it, and honestly, I didn't really see it. I didn't really, really. I I, I thought the interface was clunky. And I thought, you know, yeah, I downloaded this and I've got some books in there and, well, whatever. I, I prefer using iBook, the iBook reader, which is standard on the uh, iPad, which is better. I don't mind reading uh, PDFs in uh, the iBook reader either. So why do I need another reader? Well, one of the things was that Goodreader had the ability to talk to different services. Yeah, right. Well, cool, spiffy. Uh, one of those services were, for example, FTP, um, SFTP, uh, Dropbox, uh, Google Docs, only read, not write. And you had the ability to kind of build your own file structure inside Goodreader. And I thought, like, yeah, right, this isn't really exciting. And in the podcast, Katie uh, was talking about, you know, Goodreader does this and it does that and it talks to Dropbox. So what she did is she basically put files in her Dropbox folder, connected with Goodreader to Dropbox, and downloaded them or streamed them from her Dropbox folder. So I thought, like, yeah, okay, nice, cool. And uh, it, was, it was okay. I thought, like, yeah, right, so if I ever want to generate a PDF, I'll put it in Dropbox, and I can just download it. So I'll use Dropbox as the middleman to get content to my iPod or iPad, but I still have to do the whole manual song and dance. I don't like that. But what's the, what she then said was, you also have the ability to sync with a Dropbox folder. And this spiked my interest. So I thought, what if I can have my podcast selection pushed to a Dropbox folder in the morning, 
locally on my machine. Dropbox uploads that folder to the cloud. And before I leave, I synchronize that folder from the cloud to my iPad. This gives me the ability to sync um, uh, without wires and it gives me the ability to sync to anywhere I want. Now there were some caveats. First of all, the script that I was using used a delete all the files and copy them over again principle. Basically, I had my daily podcast selection. It would delete those, select the new latest podcast and replace them. Now, it would also replace the ones that were already there. But because this was a local copy script, I didn't really mind. So I thought, you know what? I'll just point the destination folder to Dropbox. So the script, you know, it starts and uh, Gpotter updates the feeds, downloads the episodes, puts them in the folders. Then the script selects the latest episode and uh, copies that over to the Dropbox folder. But first it empties the Dropbox folders of yesterday's collection and puts today's collection there. Now this was a good idea except for the fact that I was using a remove everything and copy everything over. This basically meant that for Dropbox, from Dropbox's point of view, I was removing all the files and putting whole uh, uh, fresh files uh, in, in instead of them, you know, replacing them with fresh files. Even if, for example, only one podcast changed, 15 podcasts got deleted and 15 podcasts got copied over again, instead of just seeing one, one podcast that was new, Dropbox would see 15 new files and push 15 new files up to the cloud. So when it came to bandwidth uploading, that meant I would be using quite a lot of data. But also when I would um, go to Goodreader and sync that folder back, it would sync all of the episodes down again. So it meant that it would be pulling down every single episode again Never mind the fact if the episode was already on the iPad. Because Goodreader was able to play, uh, I, I hope I mentioned this because this was the kicker, Goodreader is able to play audio and video files. So with the synchronization and the ability to play audio and video files, I thought that would be just perfect. But the Dropbox solution didn't really work because I used the copy and uh, delete and copy principle. So whenever I tried to update or update the synchronization of that Dropbox folder to my iPad, it would download every single podcast episode all over again, and it would take a lot of time and bandwidth. So I thought, nice, but not nice enough. So I kept on looking and looking, and I thought, you know what? Instead of copying them over, I'll do an rsync command. Rsync is a utility or a command line utility that basically said, and you can basically tell the script to look what's take a list of all the newest episode, take a look at the destination, and just copy over what's new and delete what's old. So in essence, uh, Rsync would leave the files that haven't changed in the destination and just copy over the files that had changed and remove the files that had been removed in the source directories. So if Gpotter threw a podcast uh, into the recycle bin because it was older than two weeks, the rsync script would also remove that podcast from the destination folder where I keep all my fresh podcasts. So the synchronization script 
actually took care of the problem that Dropbox wanted to sync everything over uh, from scratch again. Tried that and that worked. R-Sync just replaced the files that changed and removed the files that were gone. So I tried again in Goodreader. I had linked the Dropbox folder, set up synchronization. I pressed sync and it would just pull down the one single uh, podcast, for example, that had changed. So I thought, wow, I'm just like, I'm almost there. Then I got an email from Dropbox saying, Nightwise, your Dropbox is full. And I, I could have slapped myself. Of course, I have a free Dropbox account. And putting the podcast into the Dropbox folder gave me a limitation of two gigabytes. And I have more than two gigabytes of podcasts. If I have a few video podcasts in between there, now Dropbox was too small. And I went like, oh darn, I'm like so close. So what can I do? And then it dawned, it dawned on me that, um, well, Goodreader has the ability to connect to uh, to Google Reader, to uh, FTP, to Dropbox and sync with those, but it also had the ability to connect to an SFTP server or secure shell server. Now, SSH, as nightwise.com listeners, you know what I'm talking about. That's the uh, command uh, interface the command, we, we uh, sorry, <laughs> totally losing my thread, thread here because I'm so enthusiastic about it. Um, SSH is the way that we connect to our Linux server to give it commands via the command line. It's a secure connection, but what SSH also enables you to do is to send files over it. And we call this SFTP, Secure File Transfer Protocol. It's not like standard FTP, which is unencrypted, but SFTP. So using an SSH connection, which we've set up on all of our machines from the first day we've set up servers. Remember the um, KWTV series where I talk about setting up a Linux server? Remember the DocuCast series where I talk about setting up your own SSH server? The SSH protocol doesn't only allow us to interact with our server via the command line, it also allows us to copy over, uh, over and from and to and back files, just like um, just like, for example, Samba does that over our local network, SFTP does that over our, well, internet network. So I thought, what if I set up a connection over SFTP with the SSH credentials that I use to log into my server via the command line? So I said, okay, username, nightwise, password, not going to tell you, IP address, okay? IP address of my server. Source folder to sync. Oh, well, yeah, right. Uh, home, shared, fresh podcasts. And it connected to it. I could see the podcast in the folder on my server via a secure connection. And then it said, would you like to sync this folder? I said, yes. And then I had it. My iPad, using the Goodreader application, now connected via SSH to my Linux server and synchronized the Fresh Podcasts folder. It threw out the stale podcasts that were deleted in the source, and it copied over all the new podcasts. So what I did to complete the script is very simple. I had the podcast script that said, copy over all the new podcasts into 
my Android phone. So I added a line that also said, copy them to the folder called Fresh Podcasts and keep them there. So copy them over to my phone and copy them over to the Fresh Podcasts folder. Then, on my iPad and on my iPod Touch, using Goodreader, I set up a connection via SSH to that folder and I said, sync. So what this basically does is the following. Every morning, 4 o'clock, script starts to run. GPO update, check if there are any new podcasts. GPO download, download all the new podcasts. Do the magic, the black magic that selects the latest podcasts and copy them to my phone using rsync, thus copying only copying over the new ones and deleting the ones that were deleted in the source directories. And rsync those new podcasts to a directory called Fresh Podcasts. It's six o'clock. I'm almost ready to go out the door and I think, oh darn, my podcasts. So I just grab up my um, iPod Touch, open up Goodreader, and say, sync fresh podcasts over my local network using the SSH protocol. It then synchronizes the files in the fresh podcast folder with the ones on my iPod Touch. With the iPad, I do the same thing. Because this is local, it's very, very fast. And there you have it. New podcasts on my iPod and iPad using SSH, using Goodreader, an app that is actually made for reading books for crying out loud, wirelessly with a Linux server, completely automated, completely like I want to have it. Or is it? Because one of the requirements I did uh, uh, talk about in the beginning was I want to be able to do this from anywhere. Well, that's okay. Because when I set up the synchronization to the fresh podcast folder, I entered the internal IP of my server. But what I can also do is I can hook up my server to DinDNS so that it creates a link between the dynamic, IP of my, dynamic internet IP of my server, the outside IP of my ISP, and a domain name that I chose. So what I've basically done is I've set up DinDNS and uh, made up some domain name, nightwisehunkydory.dindians.org. Now, whenever I want to access nightwisehunkydory.dindians.org, DinDNS goes and checks which was the last external IP address of Nightwise's server, because this external IP address changes from time to time. I have a dynamic IP. So whenever I enter nightwise's honkydari.dindians.org, DinDNS goes and checks what the last known IP was and sends me to that dynamic IP address, which is the outside IP of my home. On my router, I've said, if you get a request on port 22, which is SSH, forward that request to the internal IP of my server on port 22, and that way, that SSH, fo that, that folder, Fresh Podcasts, is available via SSH wherever I want to go. So I change the internal IP addresses of my server in Goodreader to the external IP addresses, the DNS address, and now when I'm at home I can sync, or when I'm on the road I can sync over SSH and have all of my fresh podcasts available to me uh, whenever I want to go. Quite technical? 
perhaps. So if you have questions, please don't hesitate to send them in. I'll try to recap once more to give you a, a general overview and make sure that I haven't forgotten anything. Podcasting machine, or podcatching machine, Linux system. Podcatching client, gpotter. Podcatching script, tells gpotter to update, tells gpotter to download, and tells gpotter to store the files. gpotter has also been ordered to erase podcasts that are older than two weeks. Script selects latest episode of podcasts. rsync synchronizes them with the folder on my phone, thus putting all, only the new files there and, and deleting the ones that have been deleted in the source directories. And it also rsyncs that selection over to a folder called Fresh Podcasts. The folder Fresh Podcasts is accessible via SSH. So on my iPad and iPod Touch, I use Goodreader. Using the connect to server option, I connect to that folder over SSH, over SFTP, which is the correct protocol name as it's uh, mentioned in Goodreader. And I set up synchronizing. Once I wake up in the morning and I want to synchronize my podcast, I press the sync button on Goodreader on my iPod Touch or on my iPad and the new files get copied over and the old ones get deleted. That's basically how I set it up. And the setup, because I also use DINDNS and an external IP port, works from anywhere. So that's my trick on having podcasts pushed to your iPad or iPod wirelessly without using a Mac. Now, if you do own a Mac or you don't own a Linux system, I'll give you some more tips and tricks in the final part of this episode, and we'll also talk about other mediums that you can get onto your iOS devices without having to use a stinking white cable or iTunes or whatever. We'll be right back. On the edge of real and cyberspace, there's one place you can go. The Nightcast. The Nightcast. www.knithtwise.com Now, I know that some of you are saying, Hey, Nightwise, I don't have a Linux system. I have a Mac. Well, that's okay. In the sharing option of your Mac, you can also enable remote shell. This is the fancy Mac way of saying open SSH. So if you open up that remote shell, you'll be able with your username and your password that you use on your Mac to access your Mac via SSH. So if you want to have a folder that you wirelessly sync to your iPad or iPod, why not uh, use Goodreader for that? Goodreader does audio, Goodreader does video, and Goodreader does books, of course, all kinds of text files, and it does pictures. So instead of using iTunes to synchronize over my pictures, I've actually set up a SSH connection to my iMac where all of my pictures are stored, and whenever I want to update my pictures, I just press sync and they get updated wirelessly from anywhere. That's really, really convenient. So there are a lot of ways that you can be creative with these 
with this little setup, with this little Goodreader application that does all kinds of things it's not supposed to do, but it's just brilliant to use. So that's very, very interesting stuff. So if you have a Mac, you can do it that way. Um, I don't know how you can have iTunes select the latest podcasts and put them in a separate folder. To be honest, I haven't looked into that because I'm very happy with using gpotter. But as I said, gpotter is cross-platform compatible. And the little script that I wrote for Linux systems might be uh, adaptable for Macs as well. Again, I haven't checked that out. I haven't uh, gone into that, but I'm sure there are ways around that. On Windows, there are also applications that you can download that set up an SFTP server on your Windows machine. Uh, one of them is FileZilla. You can download FileZilla, set it up as a server, and do the same thing that I just showed you, basically connecting to your Windows machine over SSH and using that to copy over files. Um, again, you can also use Goodreader. That's also okay. You can uh, you can also use Dropbox with Goodreader. That's also okay. Just drag and drop files into Dropbox and sync them back over to Goodreader via the Dropbox connection. That's also something that you can go for, and that will be enable you to uh, you know have PDFs pulled into Dropbox and stuff like that. That's really really convenient. Now the one thing uh, Goodreader doesn't read is EPUB uh, formats, so that's really funny. But there are also uh, ways to get around that. Now, for example, uh, if you're out and about and you have an iPad at 32 gigabyte Wi-Fi, you don't have connection everywhere. And you still want to get your news and you still want to get stuff and you still want to see stuff. Well, one of the things I'm going to challenge you to play with, and this will probably be a topic for a whole new episode, uh, is Calibre or Calibre. We talked about this in depth when it came to the Sony ebook reader, we talked about that a few months ago. Calibre is a great tool for creating and managing ebooks. It helps you download content, convert it to EPUB format, and push it to your reader. Now, what Calibre also does is it eats RSS feeds, and I really like that. So, what I've done, I've given uh, when you download and install Calibre, and again, this is cross-platform, you can do it on Windows, Linux, or a Mac, download Calibre and go to the News section. There you can pick and choose from all kinds of RSS feeds, like for example, the Lifehacker website, Dilbert, XKCD, the New York Times. These are basically major newspaper sources. Uh, there are RSS feeds, and there are tons of them to choose from, or you can enter your own. Uh, and what Calibre actually will do is read the feed, turn it into a format that is readable, and, um, I mean, with readable, I mean easy to read through. It removes the ads, just takes the text of the article, just takes um, a nice picture with that comes with the article, but kind of gives it to you in a very easy-to-consume way. It's, it's, it's a great option for reading websites on an offline device or on a device that has a black and white screen, uh, like, for example, the Sony Reader. Now, there are a few functionalities that you can do. You can actually tell it to download um, all those feeds at 5 o'clock in the morning. Again, automated. Convert them into EPUBs and then put them on your Android phone or on your reader. 
Now I tried this, I plugged in my Android phone. Calibre immediately said like, oh look, there's an Android device connected. So whenever I read an RSS feed, turn it into an EPUB, I'll push it to your phone and put it there automatically. On my Android phone, I have the um, ebook reading application. Got to check what it's called again. I keep forgetting it. Aldico. And so when I eject my phone in the morning, all of those feeds are there. I've subscribed at the moment to the Dilbert feed and the XKCD feed. So every morning I have free Dilbert cartoons and free XKCD cartoons on my phone. And then I said like, yeah, <laughs> that's nice, but I want it on my iPad. Well, that's okay, good reader says. We also have a, uh, Calibre says, I'm messing up names, sorry. That's okay, Calibre says. I also have the option to automatically email those to whatever address that you want to do. And that's another way you can get stuff to your, um, to your iPad. I'm starting to tire. I'm sorry. It's Friday. It's really hot outside and I'm trying to tell you guys all kinds of things. Sorry about that. So Calibre, there's also a great way of getting content on your iPad by just mailing stuff to it. And also works on your iPhone and your iPod, by the way. And Calibre supports that. So basically what I told Calibre to do is, hey, get XKCD and get um, the Dilbert cartoons, make them, make them into an EPUB and email them to iPadofmine at gmail.com, which is an address I've created and set up on my iPad. So whenever Cal Calibre is done reading the RSS feeds, and I've I told it to do this every day, so every day it reads the major newspaper feeds and Dilbert and XKCD, turns into, into readable EPUBs and automatically emails it to me on my iPad. So in the morning, I wake up, I check my emails, there are all kinds of articles there that have been mailed to me by Calibre. I do have to manually click download attachment and open them into the eBooks reader, but it works great. In the coming week, I'm going to try to get Calibre not to export the RSS feeds to EPUB, but to PDF format. And I'm not going to have it email that stuff to me. I'm going to ask Calibre to drop it in a folder on my server so I can use Goodreader and the SFTP synchronization via SSH to also pull those into Goodreader. And that way, I will have fresh video podcasts, fresh audio podcasts and fresh news available to me wherever I am. So we're going to round up and uh, see what uh, we've talked about and I'm going to see if you have any questions and we'll be right back after this. Okay, I know what you're gonna say. Whoa, Nightwise, that was really, really a techy, techy, techy uh, episode. And it was. It was a really, 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 really techy, techy episode. And um, I will make sure that I will have a docucast that will describe the process that we talked about uh, in a short while. Because this is actually an ongoing project. I have told you guys about the script and about setting up G-Potter and configuring everything in the last DocuCast. In the coming DocuCast, I will kind of build on 
or continue building on this very subject by adding the uh, SFTP sync over SSH using Goodreader. And I'll also do a docucast about using Calibre once I get that uh, really working the way I want it to work. What I want to tell you today is that um, if you use existing technology creatively, you can make things work. And that's the challenge. That's the challenge of having stuff work for you. I know that Steve Jobs really would like you to uh, only use your iPad with iTunes on your Mac and buy all your content there and I'll keep it inside the nice Apple ecosphere, but we're not gonna do that. You can jailbreak your devices, that's okay, and that will give you a lot more possibilities, but if you break your device, I mean, that's a lot of money to brick. And the challenge is just to get that cross-platform edge using technology that is out there. Perhaps you say, wow, Nightwise, that's like a massive workaround, I'm never gonna do that. But on the other hand, this is basically a little bit of hacking that we're doing. We are making stuff do things they weren't designed to do, but are capable of doing by kind of pulling information from all over the place together and pulling capabilities and software and services together to make that technology work for us. Now, if you have any questions, you can ask them on Twitter using the hashtag DearNightwise. You can send me email, feedback at nightwise.com. But what I would really like you to do is go to the nightwise.com page on Facebook and pose your question there. Because then I can give you an answer and that answer can be read by other people as well. If you don't have a Facebook account, that's okay. You can just go to the website and use the comments section to do that because I'll answer your question and other people might have the same question and that way we can all uh, learn something and uh, perhaps I can still, I hope I can still learn stuff from you guys. Perhaps you guys are saying, Nightwise, you're doing it wrong. And uh, please tell me, I really, really want to know. So that's about all we have time for this week. It is um, Friday afternoon. I'm on my way home. The very noisy freeway that you might be hearing is the E40 that barrels from Brussels to Liège. So that means I'm not far from home anymore and I'm gonna uh, leave it at this. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, I hope you've enjoyed this little technologically infested rant and uh, I, hope, I hope you learned something from it. Uh, we'll be back next week, perhaps with a screencast or with another podcast, depends on the time that we have. But until then, let technology work for you instead of the other way around. Stay subscribed. If you know a friend that would like this kind of stuff, tell him about nightwise.com. Have him subscribe as well. And uh, until then, let that technology work for you. Don't do it the other way around. And we'll see you in the next episode of the Nightcast. So until then, well, ta-da. Bye-bye. Thanks for coming to the edge of real and cyberspace. You have been listening to the Nightcast. Send your feedback, questions, promos, or rants to nightwise at nightwise.com or Skype us on Nightwise. For more information, visit the site on www.nightwise.com or look for us in iTunes by searching for the Nightcast. Please remember, there's a real world beyond cyberspace, but it's not all that important. Thank you for listening to Hack Republic Radio. 
HPR is sponsored by caro.net, so head on over to caro.net for all your hosting needs.